The Christian faith-based film industry is growing, getting its spark from Mel Gibson's 2004 blockbuster film, The Passion of the Christ. The industry is big, and so is this show to talk about it. In fact, it's so big, we're going to break this conversation down into two episodes. I'm Martin Moyer, your host of Shout Out Patriots. I'm joined by Pastor Jason Bender and other Patriot guests, including the president of JC Films, Jason Campbell. Mr. Campbell will tell us what it's like, all the good, bad, and ugly of making faith-based films in an age where Hollywood would rather use lies half-truths to offend and mock Christianity than give its followers a decent story of biblical faith. All right, I'm Martin Moyer. I'm the host of Shout Out Patriots, and I have a lot of guests with us this evening. So let me go around and introduce them. So we have Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church. Say hello, Pastor. Hello, Patriots. Great to have you with us. We have Alec Rooney, who is the news editor for Christian Action Network. Welcome, Patriots. We're glad you're here. And we have Michael Moyer, who is the producer of the show. Welcome, Patriots. Glad to have you back. In addition, we have attorney David Carroll, who is in Columbus, Ohio. He is the chairman of Christian Action Network, which is the sponsor of this show. Say hello, David. Welcome, Patriots. Hello. All right, we have a special guest with us today. His name is Jason Campbell, and he is the president of JC Films, which is a Christian film production company. And uh, first of all, Jason, go ahead and say hello to the people who are watching and listening to Shout Out Patriots. Hello, everybody, and welcome, Patriots. Uh, now, Jason, in, uh, fair disclosure, was an employee of Christian in Action Network for a number of years. And Jason, at the time, I think you were with us for about five years, uh, you did just about everything that needed to be done in our organization. So I don't think we ever had a, an official title for you, did we? I don't think so. No, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, though. It was a lot of fun. But one of the things that uh, you were doing close to the end of your tenure with Christian Action Network was helping our organization produce a number of documentary films, including uh, Homegrown Jihad and Europe's Last Stand. Uh, during that time, you decided that, hey, I'm going to get out of the documentary production film work, and I'm going to start making Christian-type Hollywood films. And uh, so when, when did that take place? Around 2013, 2014? That sounds about right. I, um, you know, just totally blessed that, you know, it was. Uh, you know, they say there's an acting bug out there. They say when actors have the acting bug, they get it. I think I got the film bug, but I definitely got it from my involvement with Christian Action Network and the countless of videos we put together. I mean, we were putting out one or two every month, it seemed like. But, um, you know, that was the new medium back then. You know, what was that, about 10 years ago? Uh, everyone was rushing to make video content so they can inform their followers, they can inform the public about what was going on. And, you know, Marty was right at the top of that game in creating uh, documentaries and films to educate people of faith about what was really going on. So that was a, a you know a big plus for Christian Action Network because they were definitely one of the first groups to to go to video to to start showing videos versus uh, you know pictures and different other print media. They used videos and that was that was very positive. You know, way back then uh, when we bought our cameras, they were big, heavy things to lug around. The tripods were just as heavy, and uh, all the film equipment. Uh, now, I, I'm not even sure you can buy that type of film equipment, but it was state-of-the-art, uh, what, 10 years ago. 
And now I guess it's just stuff people just throw away. Um, and now all the equipment is so much lighter to carry around. And when you were running around at that time, uh, you were spearheading our documentary film called Homegrown Jihad, where we were exposing a number of Islamic terrorist camps in the United States. And running around close and sometimes inside of these terrorist camps, as you would do, uh, with heavy camera equipment and uh, all the luggage that goes with that camera equipment, boy, I bet you wish uh, you had the lightweight camera equipment that is now available for filming such documentary films? Well, technology has surely changed. And, it, you know, even in the uh, faith-based field of, of, of movies, it changes almost every week. So if you if you think about, you know, eight years ago, 10 years ago, DVDs were where it was at. And, you know, you go to people now and show a, a young kid what a DVD is, they don't know what it is. So the whole industry has changed, not only from distribution, but also in production. I mean, back then, I think we were shooting 10, Michael, correct me on this, but I think we're almost 720. We were lucky if we had a 1080p camera. Um, and now you've got 6K cameras on your phone. So uh, technology has sure changed and made the process a lot easier, uh, which is, you know, as, as a blessing. But, you know, those guys that kind of pioneered the first steps of making these videos that you know, that's kind of uh, just so grateful to be a part of that. Yeah. So uh, you decided at some point while we were doing Europe's Last Stand that you really liked this idea of uh, producing perhaps Christian films. Uh, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to do that. Well, I had been asked by an organization to write some stuff about um, Internet safety education. So it was something, you know, at that time, Internet was coming out. The Internet was already out, but there was, uh, you know, the police were trying to figure out how they could police the Internet. And they wanted to warn moms and dads and grandparents about the dangers of the Internet. And so they created this nonprofit in order to be an educational arm for what was called the Internet Crimes Against Children. And so uh, through that process, I was invited to go to a conference. Um, I met an actor named Eric Estrada. Uh, he was the spokesman for the Internet Crimes Against Children. Around that same time, Courageous had just come out, which was a film created by two brothers in Albany, Georgia, a Christian film called Courageous that just blew the box office away. So we knew Christian films were on a rise. And so I went to them and said, hey, if we really want to educate moms and dads and people of faith about what's going on, on the Internet, let's make a movie and ironically around that same time Liberty University which is home to where Marty is and where I used to live in Lynchburg Virginia um, had just started their film program and they had bought all new red cameras and 4k and had all the equipment so we teamed up with um, the, the school there with their cinematic school wrote the script and shot our first film and that kind of was uh, it was kind of a bucket list idea you know it's just like all right well I made a feature film and that film was called Finding Faith, and it starred Eric Estrada, and we had success with it. But um, Eric had another idea. He wanted to um, travel the film around the country. Now, we didn't travel the film on a motorcycle, but we did travel the film all over the country uh, from church to church to church. And Marty, what ended up happening was while he was over in the corner signing autographs and showing his big teeth and tight pants, people would come up to me and they'd say, hey, you know, um, this happened in our community. Uh, this, you know, I wrote a book or this happened in our church. I think this would make a good movie. And so that's kind of what happened And 43 films later. Uh, that's where we are. So we've produced 43 films basically from people telling us their stories. Um, and if you think about Marty, you know, that's what Jesus did. Jesus told stories under trees and he changed the world. And that's our motto. That's what we're doing. We're telling simple stories, redemptive stories, um, 
to change the world. Yeah. So uh, you have a film out now called Chosen. And uh, I would like for our listeners and viewers to take a look at the trailer for that film. Can you play that, Michael? The foster care system is designed to protect kids. Yeah, it's the same for adoptive parents, but uh, this, both systems are messed up. They have its flaws. I truly believe this is a spiritual attack on the families of our culture. He was your son too. He loved you. There's a lot of kids who don't have parents, huh? I am hands on every single day in this. Okay, we have influence. Call me crazy, but I say we fix it. It's about love. But you'll always have a four. It was the hardest thing I've done in my life, but I did it from love. Okay, we need more foster parents, more people showing up and caring and loving these kids, being the true hands and feet of Jesus. Do I get out? I, I would do this out of the goodness of my heart. <laughs> from what I have seen, the key is love. Not everybody comes from a home like yours. I love them. I love them so much. Let us prove how much we love you. Please. Just talk to the family who you're going to be staying with. They're so excited to meet you. And they are wonderful people. So, Jason, tell us a little bit about what inspired this film. Well, most of the films that we make, of course, our first film was on Internet safety. Then we stepped into school prayer. Then we started talking about uh, what does it mean to be a virtuous woman in today's society? We've tackled issues like homelessness. We've taken, tackled the opioid crisis in Western Massachusetts. Um, you name it, we've kind of tackled it. A lot of police appreciation films. But we hadn't done one on adoption. And ironically, the last 30 films I've made have starred Dean Kane. And guess what? He's adopted. So um, the whole idea of the foster care program, I live in West Virginia. It borders Ohio. David, of course, is in Ohio. Uh, we've got a problem with our foster care program, and our foster care system. And so we wanted to make a film about how do we get people of faith involved in foster care? Hey, I'm not, my wife and I, we have 10 children. There's, there's no chance we're going to adopt or foster a child. But there are things that we can do. There are things as a church, there are things as a family, there are things as a community that we can do to help those that foster kids and adopt kids and show this more in a positive light. So we took Dean, who's adopted, brought in Kevin Sorbo. We really wanted to have a, a really strong presence with this film um, and just getting ready to release it. So we're really excited about it. We're excited about how it's changing lives in Ohio. Um, so this was this is this is brand new to us, but this one's just getting ready to come out. Well, that sounds excellent. And there was something that uh, well, you had an interview with uh, Dean Kane, and the two of you were talking about what it takes to make a great film. And I think both of you agreed that it wasn't special effects; it's not 
the big name actors or actresses that's in the story. It's not about how much sex or how much violence is in the story, but it's about the story itself. And I would like uh, for our listeners and viewers to take a look at what Dean Kane had to say about that in his discussion with you. Well, it's important because that's all, at the end of the day, I don't care how many special effects you have or how many things can blow up or how many people you can throw through a building. If you don't care about the characters, like I don't care about a lot of the Marvel characters and things of that nature, then you don't care about the story because it doesn't grasp you and there's nothing in there that, that makes you interested. We as individuals, as human beings, can understand one person's story and plight in the middle of a war that tells a story that you can empathize with and understand and that gets the point across. Um, a lot of the films that we do, JC Films, are the things that we're involved in would never get made by Hollywood. They wouldn't make it because it's not a blockbuster film. It's not some big giant epic, you know, it's, and, and it's, it's a story of, of an individual, someone's story that otherwise wouldn't be told. And I think that there's power in everybody's story being told and something we can learn from everybody. And so I enjoy telling these smaller stories that are really engaging and stories about people and stories about faith. And there, to me, you know, when you're telling stories of faith, there are no better stories because that you have all the drama you'll ever need when you have to turn to faith. Yeah, so you have a lot of stories out there to tell, and you get a lot of those stories simply by talking to church members and friends and families of uh, people who are church members that come up and uh, tell you, oh, here's what happened to me, here's what happened to a friend of mine, and uh, try to convince you to make a story about it. And then you got to go out and find a writer and put all this together. And so I guess that's how you are operating and putting these films. I mean, 40 films, that's a lot of films. So tell us, Jason, uh, how do you find these stories? Well, most of it, you know, we're out there now, so people know. Um, uh, we work basically on any budget. I mean, people come to us and say, hey, um, you know, as technology, as we were talking earlier, technology has gone down. So, you know, back in the day, uh, I remember Christian Action Network paying a, a fortune for these cameras. Cameras aren't expensive anymore. You know, good quality cameras aren't expensive anymore. Uh, production's not that expensive anymore. Uh, so basically, it all comes down to the story. It comes down to the story. You know, I, Marty, I've shot films for $30,000 that have a great story and are very successful for us. And I've shot films for $250,000 that have all that stuff and CGI and all that animation, and all that good stuff that haven't done well for us. So it really does come down to story. Um, you can, If you can tell a good story that connects with people and with your listeners, and, and you know, a patriotic story, a story of redemption, somewhere where, where God intervenes in someone's life. Where did God intervene in my life? When, when did he make a difference in my life? And when you do that, that changes the hearts of people and it connects with people. And I, and I think that's why some of our films are very successful. Now, I got another question to ask you before I open it up to the other guests around here. I know I'm hogging all the time, but uh, let me throw in one final question for you before I do open it up. Uh, because Jason, when you went into this Christian filmmaking business, other than making documentary films, which is an entirely different way of making films than uh, making Hollywood-type production films. I mean, absolutely uh, the yin and yang of each other. You had no experience doing that. You didn't go to school to learn how to be a filmmaker. You didn't tutor under some other type of filmmaker. And uh, you never appeared in any Hollywood-type films. That had to be a very daunting task. I mean, I... I yeah, I thought back then, and I think it now, that is a very courageous decision to, uh, well, throw away a good job at Christian Action Network, 
that paid well to go into <laughs> I just throw that in there <laughs> to go into this unknown of making Christian films. Uh, tell me how did how what would you say was the thing that allowed you to pull it off? I mean, basically a nobody in filmmaking industry that is later what eight ten years later able to have produced over 40 films that's just absolutely incredible well i think number one i had a good teacher so marty uh you're a wonderful storyteller i don't think anyone can write like you can write i learned a ton with my seven or ten years at christian action network you're always very kind to me and kind to my family uh i learned a lot from you i learned all the basics of filmmaking from you i learned about how we take a camera to europe and start telling a story through a video through what people are saying dramatically and so i learned all that from you the second thing is i think god uses people without the skills and um, all that background and because when he does if you think about it he just takes a, a broken vessel like myself with really not those skills and no film school experience um it all points to him at the end because he's got to get the glory because it can't be Jason that did it. It has to be what God did through Jason to make these films and tell these stories. So first of all, I thank you and David being a chair because David was chairman back then those days. Um, and um, so I just thank Christian Action Network for putting us on the map and putting us in the right direction. Well, that, thank you, Jason. That's very kind of you to say so. Alec has a question. Hey, Jason. Um, can you just give kind of a quick thumbnail description of what happens when you get an idea from someone in a community at a church, they come up with a good idea, some story that's happened in, in their life. What's your, like, your checklist of things that you do to turn that from just a story from someone into a movie? Well, it's, it's a slight vetting process. Is, is this real? Is the story real? Are, are, is everything, all the players and all the, is that real? Number two is, does it have the support? You know, a lot of church films, as Dean said in that interview, they're based in churches. So you've got your food, craft services, hotel, transportation, locations. You've got a network already in the church and the community that's helping you make the film. Is that is there a network already there? One guy coming from West Virginia to make a film is not going to happen. You need about a dozen people in that community that say, hey, we're committed to this project. We know the story. We want to tell this story. So those are the first two things I look for. You need someone who knows how to write a script? and Well, for the most part, I write all the scripts. So, um, uh, you know, I the Lord's blessed me with an ability to do that. It usually takes me about two days. You know, I get the story and it's fed to me through the, a Zoom call or a telephone call or sometimes a book where they've written a book and I'll skim through the book and get the story. And, you know, the next thing you know, I've got 60 pages of, of dialogue and script material to use for the film. Um, we don't turn a lot of people down, Alex. That means that I think if people are willing and able to do this, we make it happen. We just started, um, we have 13 production clubs and studios across the United States right now. So our whole thing right now is engaging people of faith to get involved in Christian entertainment. You know, it's not that we just need more Christian films. Uh, I believe we need more Christians making films. And so if we can get people of faith involved in Christian entertainment, if you think about it, we got all these young people and they're all at church and they know how to TikTok and they know how to YouTube and, and be honest with you, they know how to hold a camera and get better shots than I ever will. So if we can take all of that and get them directed in a positive film that's gonna change the culture, it's gonna help people, get them directed on that then, then those guys will be the next best filmmakers coming up you know marty you'll know this too 20 years ago christian music was rough remember that oh, it yeah. was bad but think about christian music now it's a multi-billion dollar industry and this is where we are with christian films now we're 10 years into it from the kendrick brothers having hot blockbuster hits 
but we're just starting this. And so this next generation of young people, that's where you're going to start seeing some some um, tremendous Christian entertainment. Yeah, you know, uh, a number of years ago, uh, back when I was in college, I brought in a group, a Christian group called Daniel Amos, and I thought they were just excellent. And I brought them into the college as for the students there to hear, and they just loved them. I sat down with them later and said, you know, everything you guys do sounds like a country western song. Uh, are you ever going to write anything rock? And they were like, oh, no, we could never do that. Churches would never allow us to write a rock song. And <laughs> that was pretty much the uh, how Christian music went back then. And it really has expanded to much more creative type writing. Uh, well, I guess that was like 40 or 50 years ago now. I hate to date my age, but uh, that was a while ago. And <laughs> Christian music has come a long ways. So Jason, speaking of Christian music, I remember this is probably going back around nine or so years. The artist, Matthew West, the Christian artist, he was taking stories from people and then he would make songs based upon those stories. So my question is somewhat similar to Alex. So is that your model? Like, do all of your films originate from personal stories or is it sometimes you say man i really want to um you know make a film about like you said police appreciation or whatever um but is your model typically personal stories from people in the community for the most part i mean sometimes we'll get bored over covid we all got bored and uh, we made three films over covid uh we, we did a film uh, an appreciation film for donald trump kind of uh, a funny kind of film about him we did a film on the the coronavirus uh, about how it came to america so for the most part uh people contact us and say hey uh, listen to my story, and then we start working through that to see whether or not we can make a film out of it. And for the most part, if all those elements are there where they're real, it's true, and they've got some type of support to help support a film, we, we can get it done. Jason, 10 years ago or, or so, Christian films weren't very good. I mean, you've got an old film, and it just one, and the quality of Christian films has improved so much. It's just wonderful to see, and kudos to you. To our, our listeners, if they were to start with one or two of your films, what are you most proud of that you've made? What do you recommend to people to start with, with JC Films? We, we, we made a film uh, for $30,000, Dean Kane's in it, and it's called A Promise to Astrid. It was shot, Michael would appreciate this, it was shot on two DSLR cameras, uh, basically a boom mic, no no lavalier mics, Just we just shot this thing. But it's such a tremendous story. It's one of our most successful films. And when you watch it at first, you, you're kind of like the quality, it's like what you're saying, David, the quality's not there, it's got sound issues, it's got color issues, it's got, but the story's there, the story is solid. Um, that's one of my favorite films I've ever made. And, and then right now, you know, the film, you know, the flavor right now is Chosen. You know, Chosen's just a great film. It's going to a great cause. It's talking about adoption. It's talking about foster care. Um, you know, I live in West Virginia. We have such a problem in foster care in our state that we're the only state in the union that has to ship our kids out. We don't have enough foster parents in West Virginia to take care of the number of children we have. So this is an epidemic in our country, and we think we can do something with this film if we can ignite people of faith in the pews and say, hey, we can do something in our church to help this crisis. All right, now I remember when you used to live down here, um, most of the time I remember on your free time you would do things like um, actually put on plays. You would uh, direct them. You would you would have people uh, 
you, I think you'd write them too, right? You did all that stuff. Where, where do you think your talent now lies in this film industry? What, what is the thing that you have that is making it so you're so successful? Uh, that's a good question. I think right now I, I'm, I'm getting out. I don't like it, but I'm getting out of the creative part. I mean, the JC Films has gotten so big that now I have to do administration stuff and I have to like do computer I can't get creative anymore and and, it, and I'm okay with that we've got other people out there younger people out there making films and we're excited about what they're doing um, but I the success honestly comes from your dad I mean you know your dad took me on when no one else would take me on and he said you've got room for uh, for you at Christian Action Network and I've just learned so much from him growing up and watching him how he ran Christian Action Network how he interacted with donors how he interacted with the staff uh, and his vision. I mean, Marty has got a vision for what he wants to do, wants wants to create. I have that same vision with my company, um, and I think that shared vision has been my success. So, uh, do do you miss at all the uh, running away from uh, old men with canes? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I can't do that do. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 my wife and I just got married about three years ago. I, uh, I told her she, she can't watch any of that stuff. <laughs> All right, let's get let's give a backdrop to that because uh, most people aren't going to understand that uh, it'll laugh to happen. But uh, when we were filming Homegrown Jihad, in which uh, we were documenting um, some twelve to thirteen Islamic terrorist camps around the United States, uh, one of Jason's goals and our goal, my goal, was to visit these terrorist camps and find out whether or not they actually produced a film called Soldiers of Allah, which was a film, training film, and how to become a terrorist. And these terrorist camps, when it became known to the media, would deny that they had any involvement at all with this terrorist training film of how to kill people. And so, uh, but Jason and I knew the film actually exists. We knew who was in the film. We knew that these people were in the film. And our strategy was to visit each of these terrorist camps by surprise and challenge them to come out, look at the film, and deny to our face and in front of our cameras that this was not their film. Well, one of the uh, camps is in Red House, Virginia, not too far from where our offices are. And Jason went over there to challenge them with that idea. And when the film crew got out of the car, they were immediately attacked by these peaceful Muslims and they tried to steal our camera and take it away. But uh, then they had a cane and they decided to start attacking us with the cane and start banging and beating on our car. So that is the, uh, the inside joke as to what Michael was referring to there. So uh, Jason, I, you know, uh, I'm intrigued by filmmaking in general, of course. And when I'm making documentary films, I'm all, often thankful that I'm not making a Hollywood-type fiction film or trying to retell a, uh, a story that someone else experienced because it's just so much more work and it's so much more involved in having to find actors and actresses and having to uh, uh, go to locations and find out where you can actually replicate this story. So when you look at it, what do you think is the hardest part of making a Christian film? Because I could probably list off, I don't know, two dozen things that I wouldn't want to have to do. It, I would say in the production part is, um, 
you got to have a good group of people. You know, the egos get in the way. We as people of faith, for some reason or another, just think that we are the best in the world. And then all of a sudden you add the fact that you're an actor. Boy, you got some some inflated ego going on. So it's getting connected with the right group, the right group of people. I've made films with the wrong group of people, and, and, and I'll never do that again. So you got to get connected with the right group of people when you're going into it. I tell people making a film is like birthing a baby. You know, you're nine months pregnant. That's nine months of pre-production. Then it comes, here it's coming, we're getting ready to have the baby, we're getting ready to make the movie, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and there's a lot of pain, and there's a lot of challenges, you overcome it. And then at the end, of course, after you have the baby or you're finished making the film, you got to raise it, you got to cultivate it, you got to get it out there. And um, if there's the biggest challenge in, in Christian films right now, it's distribution for anything. Uh, because we're still, you know, it used to be 10 years ago, you make a film, you could sell 30 copies, 30,000 copies to Walmart. Uh, but the DVD market's gone, so that's gone. So now we're limited to streaming services, which you know there's you know probably sixty or seventy different services out there. Uh, but as these services continue to discount Christian entertainment, we've got to start finding people of faith got to start finding different ways to um, bring Christian content to the surface. Because if we don't, then we're going to lose independent Christian filmmakers quickly. I was going to ask you about that, Jason. Is there a what are your options for streaming? Because I saw on your site that these um, vid these videos are available on DVD, but um, I can't remember the last time I watched a DVD. Um, where can I? What's the hope of getting these streamed? Well, we are on Amazon Prime. Where there's a, a faith-based uh, organization called Pure Flix. They're filmmakers. They have a, a very large platform. They buy most of our films. Um, years ago, we could put our stuff on Netflix. Not anymore. Uh, we can get on Prime, we can get on Hulu, Tubi. Uh, there's plenty, there's lots of platforms out there, but as more content's being created, the revenue streams are, are reduced and reduced and reduced. You know, Amazon's revenue stream for films used to be very substantial, not so much anymore. I think you need about 21, uh, 2,100 people to watch your film before you make a dollar. So it gives you the kind of mountain that you're climbing when you start working into production and trying to make these things. Um, Fortunately for us, because we've been around so long, people know us, they appreciate our films, they want to see them. Now, we have our own streaming platform just for folks that uh, pay a subscription and they get to watch all our films. We are in the plans right now um, of launching a, a, a very large Christian channel. Because uh, that, uh, that's all changing. Everything's changing. But I think if we went in and did a faith and family channel, um, not just with my films, but with other content, family-friendly content, stuff for kids... You know, this whole YouTube kids thing is a, a joke. I don't know if y'all know about that, but I have two six-year-olds, and, um, you know, I used to feel safe with them watching YouTube kids. You, you can't, they can't watch that stuff anymore. So there's really not much out there for moms and dads with kids. Yeah, that's a, it seems like it's going to be a nightmare trying to raise one grown <laughs> now, uh, the way that everything is going. So uh, it, it'll be very good to have some sort of uh, resource or something that we can actually let our kids watch and uh, not have to worry about what shows up. Yeah, I want to go back to this DVD problem you brought up and Alec brought up as, as well. So when we were making documentary films uh, oh, in the early 2000s, uh, people had DVD players and we could make the documentary film and we could circulate it uh, in the mail to people who were interested in watching this documentary. And at that time, that's how you watched film. You know, you would... Uh, Get a DVD player, you slide the DVD into it and play it. Uh, but now, you know, people don't buy, have DVD players anymore. So we make a documentary film and considering how 
much suppressed Christian Action Network is from the big time streaming services, uh, from YouTube to Facebook and just about everybody else because they hate what we do. It's almost impossible to distribute the documentary film after we produce it. So here's the funny story though. So I was thinking, well, I want to write our supporters and find out who needs a DVD player to watch our documentary films. I had not looked to see what the cost of a DVD player was and I don't know, probably 15 years because I have one. And I was thinking, wow, you know, they're not gonna give me $250 so I could help them get a DVD player. I thought, well, I'm still going to look. I want to look at Walmart and see what they cost. And I was like, they cost $25 now? Yeah. <laughs> $25 to buy a DVD player? And I thought, hey, it's affordable now. Now I can offer my uh, supporters a free DVD player if they buy one or two films. And I thought, well, hey, that's that's a solution. Yeah, and now the problem is trying to actually burn your footage onto a quality DVD because all the good authoring programs are discontinued. So it doesn't really matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, and so a lot of viewers and uh, listeners won't understand what that means, but you can make a film as Jason does and, and I have done, and it, you're really proud of it, but you still got to burn it to a DVD and have a menu up there when people slide it into their DVD player that hits the play button. And they stopped making those menus. You have to go back to something that was made mm -hmm. almost 20 years ago to put onto your DVD, and they look like crap. I mean, they're horrible. So as soon as someone slides your beautifully made documentary film into a DVD player, it comes up looking like it was made by a 10-year-old before they hit the play <laughs> button. It is so frustrating on our end. And uh, Michael and I have gone into spirited debate. I insist that he can find one. He insists he cannot find one. I don't know which is true, but... Uh, Kanaki.com. Oh, is, is, is that link. a... Uh... Okay, what is it? Is it is it an actual program I download or? No, no, no. It's a company in Las Vegas. It's a it's a strange company, but we found them by accident, and they're just extremely inexpensive and um, extremely good. So, I'll, I'll send you the link. Okay, yeah, because um, uh, the way that I was doing it, I was actually using an Adobe program that does it. And the problem is, is well, you could actually burn professional looking uh, DVDs using it but you can't use it on any new computer. It, they stopped uh, supporting it like five years, five, six years ago, and there's no computer that we have now that'll run it. So you can't put subtitles on a DVD. You can't have custom menus. You can't have, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Jason, <laughs> can that place you just mentioned uh, uh, put subtitles on a DVD? I think so. I think they can do everything. And um, and they're the cheapest place I've ever seen. I, I don't, they're 70 75 cents a DVD. Oh, that's not bad. Wow. That's cheaper than we can produce them at our office. I think it costs us about a dollar just to uh, uh, produce these DVDs in-house. Yeah, I had somebody give me a DVD pretty recently because they wanted me to have my daughter watch a movie, and I didn't have a way to watch it. I don't have a DVD player. I don't have a <laughs> yeah, PlayStation or anything like that. The computers don't come with I didn't know they either. were 25 bucks. You, you probably thought it was a 45 record, didn't you? <laughs> you even know what a 45 is i mean you're so young yeah <laughs> i didn't realize if i just get one of your films i'll get a free D dvd player yeah, you get a free dvd player just but, grab uh, one out of the box over there all right that's all we have time for this episode of shout out patriots but we've got more lots more to talk about with jason campbell of jc films on the christian film business so please join us next week as we continue this conversation and delve deep into the nuances 
of putting a faith-based film together. <laughs>